You're listening to the Total Sports Experience. And now, your host, Ray Baker. There are four ways you can reach the Total Sports Experience. Instagram and Twitter, TSE underscore show. Facebook is the TSE show. And as always, you can email the show at the TSE show at gmail.com. So welcome into another episode of the Total Sports Experience. And this one is a little bit special. We're doing it on a different day than we normally do because we're going to cover Stanley Cup playoff action. We're down to the final four. We're down to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Vegas Golden Knights versus the Dallas Stars. New York Islanders versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, we've got one of our insiders. I can't believe we've got this guy with me. I'm so excited. Christopher Sheffield. Chef is with us, our TSE insider for the NHL. And Chef, when, I have to ask you because... When the Final Four got determined last night after Game 7 yep. with the Flyers and the Islanders, you put something on social media that made me giggle a little bit. You put odds of who was going to win the Stanley Cup based on the four teams that were left, and you said Vegas Golden Knights 50%. Yep. You said, I believe, Tampa Bay Lightning 35%. Yes, that's true. You said New York Islanders 15%, and I got blown up by Islander fans yesterday. And that yeah. makes up 50 35 and 15 for all you mathematicians out there, that's 100%, which means you left zero, pardon me, you left zero on the table for the Dallas Stars. That is correct. What? Why? What happened here? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, um, it's been a blast so far, even though it's been two minutes, and I hope to come back again. But I will tell you this. There are no francophones on the Dallas Stars. And if you go back and look at every Stanley Cup winner, there has been at least one francophone in or on the roster or in the organization on the bench. That does not take away from any of the players. That does not mean one is better than the other. But anyway, getting back to the the, the thing, um, I don't think the Stars, I think if the Stars get passed, uh, Vegas, which I don't think they will, they stand not a chance against uh, Tampa. Um, I think Tampa has the firepower. They're deeper in net. They're uh, deeper on the blue line, even though they have Luke Shen. Um, so we can start slamming the former duck now. Uh, <laughs> but but they're just uh, there's something about the Dallas Stars. You know, they they got a kind of a I hate to say they got kind of a break. Um, but they, they were in the round Robin and I'm going to forget half of the teams they played against, but they kind of were me, were able to meander their way. And now they're in the conference final. I think they've had the easiest path, even though they, they, they lost to the third string of, or they beat the third string of the Colorado avalanche. And that's what you're supposed to do to third stringers, uh, Robin Leonard or Mark Andre Fleury. They are not third stringers. They are going to, they are running into a wall. They are not running into an AHL, uh, player. Well, and so, we, we kind of talked about this, uh, before on one of my other programs as well Is when we look at the stats. Now the stats have settled after all of the other game sevens have happened. And when yep. I look at certain stats going into these series, We'll look at we'll look at Dallas and, and Vegas first because Vegas is changing odds as we speak. The third yep. year in existence, we're in the second conference finals. That's unheard of, number one. Yep. Um, but this is a different team 
that they played the first time they went to the Stanley Cup final a couple years ago. They've added some guys. They've got Max Pacioretty. They've got Mark Stone. They've still got Flower back there as a backup goalie. And yep. I'm going to tell you right now, last night after uh, after the Knights won uh, yesterday or the day before, after the Knights had won, you know who blew me up the most were New York Islander fans. And here's why. Oh, yeah. Here's why. Yep. And I was shocked. Not because the Islanders have now made it for the first time since 1993 to the yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. Robin Leonard is a former Islander. Yeah. And they all I got hit up like crazy from Islander fans that Robin Leonard is the guy that's going to do this. Now, look, he has played unbelievable up until this point. Can he... I, I never looked at him as a Stanley Cup goaltender like that, but he's proven some people wrong here. Is this the guy to hit your trailer to now if you're the Knights to go forward and win this for him? Well, I'll tell you right now. Um, when he was with Ottawa and he was with Buffalo and he was battling his demons, um, uh, he did not have a team in front of him. Obviously, Ottawa was... was uh, was nothing and Buffalo was and still is uh, rebuilding, but he got to the Islanders and he got into a system where he could succeed both on the ice and off. And I think the Islanders uh, made a mistake by not re-signing him. Um, but they've done very well with Varlarmov in Greece or Grice. And uh, I was shocked that he went to Chicago. I wasn't shocked that he was moved at the deadline because Chicago was going south and uh, they needed to get some value. I am shocked that Vegas did pick him up. And uh, he has to succeed in a system. Chicago has a system, but the horses are still young, although they were advanced more than Ottawa and Buffalo. But you get into a situation like with Vegas. You bring in Flurry off the bench, as you mentioned, he was the backup. You bring him off the bench – <clears throat> and he and he steals a game for you. You put him right back on the bench. That is a system where you you cannot fail. And you mentioned that they went to the finals or the, they went to the Stanley Cup finals in their first year. The second year, had they not been screwed by the referee in Game Seven, uh, great they point. Be, yep, they would have beaten San Josie. And I can't i i i don't have the uh, the chart in front of me. But who would have stopped them? I mean, can, can you remember who even went to the finals? I mean, was it somebody that won the cup? Was it somebody that was back? You know, I, I can't even remember that year. But I will tell you that they would have beaten uh, the Skunks, the San, jo San Jose Skunks, and they would have beaten – they would have won the next round. So they would have won multiple rounds in their first two years in existence. And now that they're in their third year – They've won multiple rounds again. That team is built for playoff success. Now, I also want to point out one other thing that not a lot of people realize. It's a half a billion dollars for the expansion franchise. They also paid on top of that another $100 million to be divided with the other 30 teams for one to two less players protected in the expansion draft. So they're picking better players than when Columbus or Florida or the Ducks or anybody else, they, they have better players. There's no way that you walk away and your opening lineup has Nate Schmidt, uh, Shea Theodore, England as a defenseman, 
and we can go right down the list on their D. And then to have that much firepower up front and a Stanley Cup multi Stanley Cup winning goaltender uh, in net, you're already built. And Seattle is going to have the same thing or very close to it. These expansion teams now are better than most NHL teams that have been existing for 50 years, like the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's that's the whole thing is that everything is now geared for these teams to succeed, but on a level playing field, but they did pay for that. They did pay handsomely for it, but they have a great system. And that's why getting back to your original point that Robin Leonard was able to do that. Now the Islander fans, now I grew up in Connecticut, so I know the Islander fans all too well because that's (laughs) all I heard about in the early eighties was Dennis Podvin and Billy Smith and, and Mike bossy and Trottier and Gillies and uh, Tonelli, but they also forget they had Gary Howitt running around and hitting everything uh, that moved. Um, and then when they lost their grit and their sandpaper and they tried to keep up with the speedy Oilers, they couldn't because they weren't, they were big, but they weren't fast enough. But I, I will say this, an Islander fan jumps on that bandwagon better than any other fan in the, in the entire league because they wanted them to move. They didn't want them. They're, they're going to move to Brooklyn. They can have them. We don't want them back. And then, of course, like a jilted lover, they turn around and say, you know what? What if we what if we build you a rink? What if what if what if we got together and built you a nice rink next to the racetrack? And that's what they did. So they're all coming back now. And they got rid of Tavares, who they weren't going to sign because you're moving into a new building, but you're going to struggle for two years at the gate. So you let Tavares go. They should have traded him instead of letting him walk for nothing. I can only imagine the pieces that would have fallen in place there. Oh. And if you want to if you want to go a little bit further, if you want to take the Maple Leaf draft picks from the last two to three years, you're going to add two or three defensemen that are five, six, and seven on your depth chart, except Sandlin looks like he might be the, the real deal. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that they even said the heck with that. So they've done it with far less, but at the same time, uh, now the Islander fans are, oh, we're, we, we've, we've loved them forever. That's a lie. Because the New York mausoleum out in Nassau County was just that, a mausoleum. It was empty. It Nobody was going. And now it's going to be the number one thing to do on Long Island outside of the racetrack. They're not going to have to go to Brooklyn. They're not going to have to go into to seating that's restricted or obstructed views. They're going to have their own arena, just like City Morgue or City Field like you would with the Mets. So <laughs> that's a whole other show. But the Islander fans, I don't even want to hear them because they, 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 they were nothing but mouses for the last 27 years. And it would have been even longer if Ray Ferraro didn't hit David Volick with the passes. Now, I do want to say one other thing. I am a former Whaler fan. I grew up in Connecticut, and that is my team. It is not my fault that they moved. But I will point out that there are two ex-Hartford Whalers on the bench in Dallas. John Stevens and Jeff Reese. And I will say that I do love my former Whalers and I do follow them. But those two, unfortunately, this year will not get a cup. Jeff Reese already has one. It would have been nice to see Stevens with one, but it won't be this year with Rick Bonus uh, punching the glass for probably four to six games and then 
they'll go out of the bubble. So well, but let's look at let's look at the stars here for a second though, because as I look at this, um, through all of the games they've played so far, so as we enter the Western Conference Finals, the only team to score more goals of the teams left are the Islanders by one. Yep. The Dallas Stars have fifty three goals for. By the way, the best power play percentage starting the Western Conference Finals belongs to these Dallas Stars. You can't tell me they don't have the firepower up front. The record doesn't show it, but they they are dangerous. When you've got guys like Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and those guys that can just bury four, five, six goals in a game, that's got to make Vegas a little nervous going into game one. I, 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 I hearken back to the competition that they played, the, the path that they had. They had a third-string goalie. They they scored. They had they scored. They won a few games with four or five goals in a in a playoff game. Nobody gets four or five goals in a playoff game. They get a couple of empty netters. Uh, I, I think it. Those are those are skewed numbers at the best. And I also want to ask you, how many goals has Vegas scored? So that's if Dallas that, if Dallas has fifty three, does Vegas have fifty? Vegas has that, Vegas has forty nine. So they're right behind. But let, right. now here's here's so the, not too not too skewed there. No, it's not, not that bad. Not not too bad. But and here's and the other thing I that I looked at the, go is go the the goals for here right the goals yep. for goals against because as a former goaltender myself, you know that I live and breathe by a goals for goals against number. A goals yep. against number for the Stars of three point five zero. Uh, if you're if you don't follow hockey very often, I'm going to tell you right now that's terrible. That is okay? correct. Goals against though for Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury collectively two point three three. Not superb, but that's respectable. It is, but I, I I'm very very interested in the empty net goals that they've had. I, I'd like to know that stat. Now, for me, when I look at I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I'm probably not answering it the political correct way to answer this, but I have never seen so many empty net goals after the first one. Yeah, so yeah. you're pulling these goalies four minutes left. You're down by two. You, they score one in the empty net. You still pull your goalie. You get a goal. You put the goalie back on the bench and now they're getting another empty net. So teams are winning five to two, but it was a three, th- a three, one game for, uh, for the longest of time, and I'm just looking it up now. So Dallas really uh, had their way with with Calgary, which was, uh, you know, that's a formidable opponent. But at the same time, they lost Kachuk. Um, you've got players playing out options. You've had players that have been perennial playoff disappointments like Johnny Hockey. Um, Giordano has been a flop. TJ Brody has been a flop. Um, they don't know who they have in net. I can't and, and Alberta the Alberta teams mix their goalies. Is it Talbot? Is it Smith? Is it David Reich? Is it the Russian? I don't know which is which. All four of them could have played for the same team. I don't know, and nor do I care. So because they're all home, um, right. but at the same time, uh, I look at Dallas and I look at Vegas. Vegas knocked off a team that knocked off uh, Edmonton. They knocked off, uh, a, I always consider the the Hawks a dangerous team. Kane can change a game in a minute. But as you look at the second round, Dallas went seven games against a third-string goalie. And I will also say that he didn't play in all seven games, but the backup goalie, uh, the second lefty, was a goalie that's never played in a playoff game. And he didn't even make it through three games. Yeah. And uh, that is why... 
the Rangers, and it's more specifically uh, Queen Hendrick, uh, who's never won anything, but he's not a king, he's a queen, um, has never won a thing, and the Avalanche wanted him. That's how desperate the Avalanche were to get a goalie that could really push him. Had they had Lundqvist, uh, I think they would have knocked off Dallas. So this, so is, that's that's a great, this is a great transition from what you just said because – as we look at the other series, the New York Islanders and the yep. Tampa Bay Lightning, a couple things I want to point out. But the first one is the transition from Colorado to the New York Islanders. And I think you know where I'm okay. going with this. The starting goaltender for the New York Islanders is Simeon Varlamov, right. who in the past was the starting goaltender for the Colorado Avalanche. Yep. And, and I don't know if Colorado didn't see him as – that guy to get them deep into the playoffs? The Islanders did. Thomas Grice played, by the way, outstanding the other night. Yep. So now you've got two goalies on the aisle that really are going to help out. And, again, I, I know I always go to stats, but of the four teams left, they have the best goals against collectively between the two of them, 1.94. Yep. Sub 2.0, this deep in the playoffs, I got to say the Islanders have, have probably the step up right now, but – I, every time I say that, that Tampa Bay Lightning team makes me look dumb. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, um, the Islanders do block a lot of shots. They've got some Redwoods on defense. They do block a, a, a ton of shots. Johnny Boychuk hasn't even drawn in yet for the playoffs, I don't believe, unless he's been he was injured early on. But they are a, a team that is very similar to Vegas. They play a very sound system game. It was easy to see the correlation between Leonard and the Islanders and Varlamov, you put Varlamov in a system, he, he could play in either Vegas or the Island. It's the system that Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz has put in. It's the system that Pete DeBoer put in. He put it in, 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 uh, in, in San Jose. He put it in, in Florida and pushed that team to the finals. He put that, uh, system in with the devils. And I believe he took, I don't know if he took them to the finals as well, but very close or got them back into the playoffs. But getting back to the Islanders, uh, they do have a very strong defense. They block a ton of shots. Um, <clears throat> and I just think that that was a flyer team that is smoke and mirrors. That flyer team, when I found out they were in the round robin, uh, I, I said to myself, that's the wrong team that's in there. That They must have caught fire right before the pause and just was able to squeak in because they should have that's a team that should have never been in that that team should have never gotten out of the first round and it's it's easy to see tampa uh should they add stamkos back uh they have a very sound mobile defense even though luke shen is there but they also have a stud goaltender the the reason why I gave the Islanders that fifteen percent is is exactly that. Should they knock off the beast that is the Tampa Bay Lightning, they would have a fifteen percent chance, probably closer to twenty or twenty five, but they would have a fifteen percent chance of knocking off Vegas because that's two systems that are so close in how they operate how they come out of their zone and how they defend for their goaltenders vegas might be a little bit more wide open because they have the scores but you can't knock any of the islander scores they are putting the puck in the net they are going to the net hard and there's always been something about the islanders 
they back check that that system has them back checking there's always been a, a work ethic with the islanders that has always been there even when they didn't have the skill and it didn't show up in the win column so and, that's and- why that's why i give them a breathing chance dallas i give no chance to if dallas ever got through vegas they would get destroyed by the islanders and taken apart by tampa I just think that they they just don't have it. They don't have a system, and it's too bad because Bonus has really had the team for maybe maybe fifteen to twenty practices, and then it's been uh, bubble time because he took over for Jim Montgomery halfway through the season. But Bonus is a good coach. Uh, he squeezed everything he could to out of Ottawa and out of Winnipeg when they were floundering. But this is a good coach. He's just in a wrong spot. And John Stevens also. But at the same time, that's why I gave the Islanders the, the 15%. So, so when we looked at – when we watched Game 7, Islanders-Flyers uh, last night, the the back-checking of the Islanders is one of the things that I think handcuffed Philadelphia for that absolutely. entire game. And like you said, that work ethic. So – let me flip the other coin now on Tampa Bay because as I was doing sports updates earlier this uh, earlier this morning, yep. uh, we got word that Steven Stamkos will not be available for the Eastern Conference Finals for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, <laughs> that being said, it doesn't as as dynamic as Stammer is and what he can do and the points he can put up. This Tampa Bay Lightning team seems to be doing okay without him. They're getting. Yep. Uh, secondary and tertiary scoring throughout the lines, not just line one. It's it's going through all three of those top lines. They're getting scoring from the back end, which, as you well know, when we hit the Stanley Cup playoff side, you have to get scoring from your back end. You have to. You have to have yep. a defenseman or two that can contribute in that way, not just a block shot, not just a breakdown, but on power plays and stuff like that. They've got to contribute. Without having Stammer there, though, playing against a team like the Islanders, how much is that going to hurt Tampa? Are they going to be okay to, to put up a fight against the Islanders? I think they're deep enough to weather that storm. I think the defensemen are a little bit they are a little bit more mobile than the Islanders. I think McDonough coming back for a full series is critical. It gives them a, a top 4D that is as solid as you can get. You mentioned the depth, which is spot on. It's the Tyler Johnsons and the Plots and the Proquettes and the... Who's the other one? Uh, Gord, all of these, and and the Russian, all of these, the, the those those five, those top six, and even the middle six of the two uh, lines of Tampa are just much more talented than most, if not all, of the other teams uh, left in the playoffs. But at the same time, at some point, good defense is going to stop good offense and vice versa, right? That's what they say about baseball. Right. But at the same time, you're going to see the Islanders not get to as many block shots because the the lightning rather just move the puck just a little, like I said, a little bit more mobile. They do move that puck a little bit more in the zone. Uh, the flyers had that mentality of shoot it through them. And the lightning have that mentality of pass it around them. And they have the talent to do that. And and um, to me, you've got a guy, you've got a couple guys on the back end for Tampa, but you've got two guys, Ryan McDonough coming back and playing a full series, <laughs> like you mentioned. Oh my yep. gosh, that is so big for Tampa. The other thing is, former he, Ranger too. Yeah, that's Don't right. Forget. Former, that's exactly right. The other thing too is getting, 
and I should say not getting, continuing to have Victor Hedman be a force for the Tampa Bay Lightning because he is a big body on the back end too. So he can do damage, but this is the guy who's putting pucks in the net for the Tampa Bay Lightning. If they keep him at that level, I'm going to tell you right now, Varlamov and the defensemen for the New York Islanders are going to have their hands full. Yeah, you will see both Islander goaltenders as Barry Trotz will try to uh, slow the bleeding. And uh, you mentioning that the the Tampa defense being mobile, they're going to be all over those Islanders. It, it's You know, they always say sometimes, oh, the ice is tilted in the Islander zone. It's going to be very tilted. The Islanders will be able to score on odd man breaks, just like David Volick in 93. Um, but you will see those will be few and far between because of that mobility on that Tampa defense. I just think that, and I and I also think, I want to say this as well, I think that series is either a sweep or it's going seven. I don't see a five and a sixer. I see it, the lightning just getting on a roll and, and finishing them off. But I always say this as well. If you go into a game seven, all bets are off. But I do, I, I did pick Tampa, so and I'm not going to waver from it. Now, uh, and I, when I do waver from it, I say it after the first game, not the second. And I did pick Dallas over Colorado, but I didn't think the third stringer for Colorado would make it a series, but he did. So I, I've, I've got to tip my hat to that as well. Our TSE so. NHL insider, Christopher Sheffield, the chef, is with us right now. Last two questions for you, chef. Yes, sir. Um, one is, uh, to me, as I look at who's left, these last four, Knights and Islanders, there is definitely um, a match there that I can't overlook as far as front office and behind the bench. Yep. George McPhee, who basically constructed this Knights team, yep. also came from the Washington Capitals, who yeah. where he orchestrated and constructed a team along with Alexander Ovechkin and, and all those great stars to win a Stanley Cup. But behind the bench with McPhee was Barry Trotz right. to win that Stanley Cup. It, would yeah. it not be just completely fitting to have a Knights-Islanders Stanley Cup final and have these two guys? Now, I know it's – look, it's it's we're going way past what goes on on the ice, but I would love to see these two guys come out and, and one of these guys win a cup to say, I, I got you. Well, you know, um, uh, McPhee left before the the cup run, but he did build that team, and I believe he did hire Barry Trotz. He did. I've always liked Barry Trotz. I've always thought that he did a great job in Nashville. It's too bad he couldn't get out. Uh, the comical thing is, uh, gun to my head, I can't even remember who the GM of the Islanders is, but McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon um, both had time to scout for at least two years on who they wanted to get, who was coming down the pike in that expansion. So you're right. They do. They both did yeoman work and they never thought that they would be opposing each other the way that they are. Who lets a coach walk after winning a Stanley cup? Nobody, nobody that never happens. Washington was really a byproduct of Barry Trotz. The team has not been the same since. It wasn't the same before. They've always used uh, first-time coaches. Now they're going to start and look at retread coaches. And what I mean by retread coaches, you're looking at coaches that have been in two or more places. For, uh, for Mike Babcock to show up with that baggage that he had in, 
Anaheim and in Tampa. And then it started to grumble a little bit uh, toward the end in Detroit. You're, you're asking, you're asking a hall of fame coach to save your franchise for one to two years because he's not coming back when Ovechkin is out, but getting back to the Islander connection there, that's, that's great. It's off ice. But I also want to add one very quick thing is that Nigel Kerwin is the video coach of the Tampa Bay lightning. Nigel Kerwin is the best in the business. He is the best at breaking down video, breaking down schemes of other teams and he has something up for the Islanders and it is, he has been with the lightning since day one and they won't let him go. He is head and shoulders, the key to the lightning success. And he's never put on a pair of skates. So that to me says a lot about preparation in going forward in the playoffs, but McPhee putting the teams together. Yeah. And wouldn't it be funny if, somehow DeBoer was to win a cup after San Jose let him go less than a year ago and after beating the Golden Knights in the high stick game in game seven. I, th- I think that was it. You said you had one more question. Here, here's, Sorry, I didn't here, go too long. No, no, this is perfect. This is why when we do it on podcast versus live radio, we usually we're up against commercial breaks. Podcast, we can do whatever we want. It's beautiful. Uh, here's my last question, and, and you got to know that I was going to end with this. Is so you've got your four teams. I saw your percentages. You're yep. going to pick Vegas over Dallas yep. because you you gave you gave the Dallas Stars just nothing, which was awesome. Uh, yep. So Vegas over Stars. Uh, you're. It looks like you're picking Islanders over Tampa at this point. Am, am I am I, I safe in saying that? I would. I, I, it's going to be a very close series, but I, I do have Tampa beating the Islanders. Okay. But it, if it goes seven, you know, all bets are off. But I sure. think it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be Tampa in four. But the longer it goes, it doesn't help Tampa. It's going to help the Islanders for sure. And, so, and you know what's yep. funny? And, and I'm going to I'm going to ask your pick because you and I are right on the money right now. I've got Vegas over Dallas. I've got Tampa over the Islanders. Yep. Uh, deep in the series on both of those. I think when we get down to it on the, on the very end here, Knights and Lightning, listen, to me, exciting. I want all these. The rest of these series, I want to go seven just because I want the excitement, right? Right. Four-game right. series. Yeah, and there's nothing one. else on. Exactly, right. <laughs> but after those series are over, what else do we have to do? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> so um, Knights, Lightning, and your Stanley Cup final, who is the 2019-2020 Stanley Cup champs? I – I think I have the uh, I think I have Vegas Golden Knights. I just think that the depth and the mobility on defense and the depth in net and the firepower up front, you know, they're still in their wake up call. You've got to remember that DeBoer hasn't been there a full year. They were struggling at the uh, right close to the deadline and they've added a few players. They've gotten uh, they brought in cousins. They brought in other depth players and it's kind of woken up their other depth players and it's got people like Paxaretti off their ass because he's just he's a streaky player but when he's off he's lazy. He picked up two penalties I believe in the last 10 minutes of the uh, playoff game that they just played 
And for what? There's no need to pick up penalties that late. The the reaching in, the late slash. Uh, he's got to he's got to be smarter than that. He's from Connecticut. He should know better. They know they're going to call those penalties. <laughs> and he grew up a Ranger fan. And you know, Ranger fans are just so upset with that streak of four cups in a row and the 1940 chance, and they come back with the 1994 chance, and they just they were lucky to win that. So. Well, what are you going to do? I, I that's hope just, I, that's just me talking. Listen, I would love to see Vegas. I uh, there are a couple players on there that are former LA Kings that uh, were were close that I covered with Braden McNabb and with Alex sure. Martinez. I would love to see those guys grab another cup, two Stanley Cup final appearances in your first three years, and you're able to grab a championship within the first five years of your existence. That just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, well, I'll, you're you're right, and it does say a lot about expansion. And, you know, I don't want to get off on, on a, what you'd have. If you ever do an expansion show or something about uh, the salary cap, please contact me. But I will say this going forward, there's going to be 16 teams in each conference. It's going to be balanced, but it's really not because a team has got to play somebody. So there's always going to be seven in one division and eight in another. But the point I'm trying to make is now that they've equaled it out, and they've, the NHL has realized how much money they can make on expansion. You've got to wonder, for a league that's struggling and the salary cap is is status quo, and all sports and all businesses, I mean, I don't want to, we don't want to get into this either, but if your business is stagnant and you need a flush of money, the NHL, the easiest way, the way to do it is expansion. Even if that expansion fails in five to ten years, like the Atlanta Trashers or, to a certain degree, Phoenix, they're willing to take that chance. Me, personally, I'd love to see a team in Hartford. They're going to need a new building. There's a brand-new building in Quebec City. There's a brand-new building in Houston. Uh, To put a team in Saskatchewan would break up the prairies. And there's more millionaires per person in Saskatchewan than any other province in canada nobody realizes that you could put a team there and it would make it if they added four teams in the nhl you're looking at two and a half billion dollars into the coffers of the nhl owners and that's got to turn some heads and relocation is not an option uh gary hates relocating teams that he put in it killed him to move atlanta the carolina hurricanes have the best u.s lease deal in all of hockey uh, in the United States, they're not moving. Uh, if I owned the Hurricanes, I wouldn't move them either. That's how good that lease is. I don't care if I draw 10 people. The way that it's going, and we talked a lot about Vegas and Tampa as well, two expansion teams that are recent uh, in our lifetimes, even though the Islanders were 72, and I just told you how old I was. But you're looking at teams that can really push money through the NHL coffers, and that's what it's all about for them. And that money is going to dry up at some point. But yes, if you ever do uh, discuss contracts or expansion, please, I'd love to be in on that. That would be a roundtable like you wouldn't believe. This so, is the, uh, this the first time you've been on. This will definitely not be the last time you're on. We I, will we will discuss that. And as we get billionaires listening to the show, we'll direct them on how to go on, on how to make money in the NHL. <laughs> 
Maybe Thomas Toes can repurchase those whalers because he owned them for about 11 minutes uh, until the state took it away from him. Hey, best, be- best logo in the NHL ever, the Hartford Whalers. And if you don't know what that is, you're, you're, a, you're a youngin in the NHL and you don't know what that is, please go look up because Pat Verbeek is my favorite NHL uh, Hartford Whaler. So there yep. you go. Pat Verbeek cannot hitchhike because he had part of his thumb cut off and then stitched back on. Nobody knows that. But it also poured the cement out of his hands. I mean, the next year he scored 43 goals. Um, I know you mentioned the Whaler logo, and I know you don't have any commercials, but I own a hockey tournament company that's played on a frozen pond in Winchester Center, Connecticut, and we host it the weekend of the NHL All-Star Game, and I use the Binghamton Whaler logo for my tournament. It's Berger Pond Hockey, and it's not-for-profit, and it's to help kids send kids that need to go to camp. Uh, We send them to summer camp uh, free of charge or a very reduced rate, but... um, a, for, a great time is had by all, and everybody walks away with a T-shirt. But the logo alone is Margaret Therese's favorite logo. So uh, I just want to maybe Ab- that could be a nice so, commercial. Because we're going to put – no, we, and we want people to, to know that too. So, uh, Chef, do me one more favor. Uh, sure. say the Say the website again. Uh, we want to direct people sure. there and, and get that. So we'll put it on our social media, but we want to direct people to your website there to, sure. to be a part of that. Sure, it's Berger Pond Hockey, B-E-R-G-E-R, Pond Hockey, Berger Pond Hockey, and uh, we have two websites that are also, there's another one, Berger Hockey, but that is uh, gone by the wayside, it's breaking down, so it's Berger Pond Hockey, but you could find us anywhere on the net um, with uh, Connecticut Pond Hockey, we're the first to pop up, we're the only to pop up, and we have it on the deadest weekend in sports which is the same weekend of the NHL All-Star Game. It's the weekend before the Super Bowl, so there's no football. Hockey fans are not basketball fans, so there's no NCAA basketball that's going to bother me. There's no NBA uh, games that are going to bother hockey fans. There's no baseball, and voila. And it's about 10 degrees outside, and you eat one of Ted's steamed cheeseburgers, which is, if you haven't had a Ted steamed cheeseburger, it is a steamed cheeseburger. There's no fat in it. All the fat drips out. The cheese is gooey. It is the best thing to put in your mouth. And uh, we also have the first gentleman that sold me a pair of goalie skates was Whitey Benson. Whitey has since passed, and his son Kyle now owns Benson Sports. It's down in one of the havens, East Haven, West Haven. It doesn't matter. You just drive across the 91 or the 95, and there you are at uh, Whitey Benson Sports. Um, all small businesses, and that's how we operate. And uh, dude, I, listen, more- <laughs> listen. I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, look, we could go, we could go on and on. I'm going to tell yep. you right now, I want to do an episode from the tournament. You got it. That would be amazing to go out there yep. and interview some of the people that are out there playing. You and I could sit down and do that as long as we have no travel restrictions and all that kind of stuff that's oh, going yeah. on. But uh, that would be an amazing time, and we're going to try to get people to go there and check it out at Burger Pond Hockey. And, and yep. uh, what what an amazing week. And listen, because uh, we do our show, we do the, the radios here locally, we do the, the podcast, during that time, there's no other sports it's boring. So let's yep. go on the road and, and, and go do something fun. That sounds amazing. You're more than welcome to. Uh, we have a the, our host hotel is 45 minutes away. I will say this. 
It's the Marriott. It's in Farmington. You got to call and ask for Brooke Papazzoni. And Brooke, Brooke Papazzoni is from Long Island. I'm sure he's an, a, a diehard Islander fan. But the best part about Brooke is if he ever hit the lotto, he'd go out and paint the town beige. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's old Brooke. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Christopher Sheffield, chef, has been with us. Uh, he is our TSE NHL insider. Chef, I cannot thank you enough for being with us. Uh, Golden Knights and uh, Dallas Stars, game one today. Uh, let's get it going and let's see how far this is going to go. Yep. Give me a shout in about a week when I know I'm right, but uh, I don't well, need to brag. How about we do this again right before the Stanley Cup final start just to make sure that you were right and if the Dallas Stars won it all, then that'll be the first 10 minutes of my show. Deal? You got it. All right. <laughs> Special thanks to Christopher Sheffield. Chef, our TSE NHL insider, joining us for the Stanley Cup Playoff Edition as we begin, as we mentioned, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals leading up to the Stanley Cup Final here in probably a week and a half or two weeks or so. So stay tuned because we're going to do this again right before the Stanley Cup Finals. And then we're also going to try to do something a little bit different for the Finals. We're going to go, before each game, we're going to go to Instagram Live. You can pick us up on Instagram at TSE underscore show, and we're going to do some live um, interaction with fans and, and that kind of stuff right before the Stanley Cup Finals, and we're going to try to do that before each game of the Stanley Cup Finals so we can get your interaction, we can get your reaction to what's going on, and we can get your predictions because, remember, as I tell you every day, this is your show. I'm simply your host. Coming up, we've got a lot of great Great episodes coming up. We talked to uh, some people from Ireland on a game called football. It is not American football. It is not soccer. It is something like you wouldn't believe. So we're going to have some some people from the teams in Ireland talk to us and explain to us some of their sports. We've got NFL starting soon. We've got Major League Baseball, although a shortened season, in full swing. We've got the NBA in the playoffs right now. Uh, screaming towards the NBA Finals, we're going to have Corey Nalen from SportsNetUSA.net on with us to talk NBA basketball as we get closer to that as well. So even though we started in the middle, actually we started this show back up at the beginning of a pandemic, um, it doesn't matter because we're back, sports are back, I love it. And this show is back in full force, and I just just can't get enough of it. It's amazing. We also have some good UFC fights coming up in September and October. We're going to talk to our insider, our TSE insider on the UFC, Matt Stivers, uh, about some of those fights because there's some epic ones coming up uh, again in September and in October as we get ready to end up the year. And then we talk to Mark Pavlovich uh, and the SportsNetUSA.net guys again on college football because... Right now, we just don't know. Uh, there there might be some. There may not. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten are, are voting again on whether or not they have college football. I actually watched some college football this weekend. I watched Eastern Kentucky get absolutely dismantled by Marshall. And you know what? I loved every second of it, you guys. So we do have some of that back. Uh, and we're going to try to bring all to you. So, uh, and, and again, with the NFL starting back up, we've got um, coming up this Thursday uh, in, in the, f- the first full or the, maybe the second Thursday here in September, 
Uh, we're kicking it off. Texans and Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, are in action. Uh, I've got a lot of listeners in Kansas City as well, so we're going to try to get some of them on and get some predictions. Of course they're going to say they're going to repeat. you got Patrick Mahomes. you got one of the most dynamic guys there. Chef said he's a Jets fan. Well, I, I, I just don't see the Jets doing much of anything still right now, but another show. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff coming up. Stay with us. Always uh, remember to subscribe. Remember to hit the like button. Even if you don't like what you heard today, uh, hit some button to tell us what we should talk about so that you do like us. But hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, share it with your friends. Again, uh, special thanks to Chef for being on the show today. You can check out, and we're gonna we're serious about this. We're going to Connecticut. We're taking the show on the road. You can go to Burger Pond Hockey. Uh, and I think it's just burgerpondhockey.com uh, and look that up. And then you can go to Whitey Benson's Sports uh, Athletic uh, Apparel as well uh, in the, it, there in the Connecticut area. Um, look for all of that. We're going to be out there, and we're going to do some live shows out there in Connecticut. And I'm hoping uh, – Chef mentioned something very interesting. It was going to be – last couple of years it was 10 degrees. But then he also told me off of the air that sometimes – uh, he's he's wishing that sometimes that there wouldn't be th- these weekends where it's 60 degrees. That's kind of California weather. That's why I do the show from Southern California. I kind of like it somewhere in between 10 and 60. I don't necessarily need it 60 degrees because I am a hockey player, a former hockey player. I'd love to have it cold. I don't think I need it 10 degrees. I think even the ice says 10 degrees is cold. So maybe something in the middle, give me like a 30-degree something and i think we can i think we can handle that just fine you guys thank you again for being a part of this show uh the way you can get a hold of us is instagram and twitter it's tse underscore show at both of those handles you can find us on facebook at the tse show and then you can always email us at the tse show at gmail.com so until we can do this again please be good humans we'll talk to you soon And the Stanley Cup Finals is just around the corner.